those of you who don't know, Tash Sosodia is a wonderful member of our uh, youth group. Family have been here for, how long have you been here? Five, six, six years now? So, you know, they're just, I mean, part of the furniture always sounds bad, doesn't it? It's a thing to say, but, you know, wonderful part of the furniture to have Tash here. And um, it's a joy that she's stepping up to speak to us tonight. So, um, should we pray for you, Tash? And then, Father, we, we thank you for Tash. We thank you for your hand upon her life, Lord. We thank you for all that she pours out into this community. And as she speaks to us now, would we open our hearts to what you've got to say to us through her? And would, Lord, you fill her with joy as she speaks? In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, am I on? Hello guys. So yes, my name is Natasha uh, and I have been at the church, like Jerry said, for around six years now. Um, So I am here to talk to you guys about Jesus' ascending today. We are focusing on the gospel of Luke and we're looking at the sending out of the 72. Now, if you want to get Bibles or if you want to look this up, it's in Luke 10, chapters 1 to 24. Now, it's a very long verse, so we're just going to focus on uh, verses 1 to 3. Now, while you guys are finding that, in case you you were as clueless as I was when I first heard that I was preaching about this, it's basically when Jesus sends out 72 of his followers to kind of prepare the way for his coming into different towns and places where he was about to preach. So, this is to kind of finish the whole series we've been looking at, on love in action. So it says, verse 1. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go. Go. I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Now, to start off, I'm going to be looking at a sending out that pretty much everyone should know. Um, This week was the 50th anniversary of man landing on the moon. Now, Armstrong was the first person to ever step on that natural, natural satellite my physics Giuseppe is coming in here, um, 240,000 miles away from home. Now, he had to leave his family, including his six-year-old and 12-year-old son, and he had to go to uncharted territory where a million things could go wrong. Now, if this was you, I don't really know what you would be feeling right now. I think for me, the most predominant feeling is fear. Now, God sends us out too, but don't worry, it probably won't be to the moon. Rather, our mission is to be sent out to preach and tell everyone of the gospel. God wants us to all share the gospel with people around us. And in my life, I feel so confident that God puts us in situations to tell people about God. Now, I just want to get across before I start my sermon that it won't be easy and there will be challenges and we will have to make sacrifices. We may be sent out into uncharted territories like Armstrong faced. But just like the astronauts had 400,000 people working for them, 
you have God working on your side too. Now we are love in action. So evangelism is one way I believe we can kind of sum up what God is sending us out to do. And I feel like there's often a assumption that evangelism is often just for some people. Now, I think, yes, it is true that evangelism is often, well, people are often anointed and called out to do it. But I believe that everyone can be an evangelist as long as you love God. For our God is an inclusive God and not an exclusive one. Now, I kind of looked up the definition of an evangelist, and the first definition that came up said, a person who tries to convince people to be a Christian. Now, I kind of sat here and was just like, no. See, I don't think that it's our kind of purpose, our role to try to convince people to become a Christian. Rather, it's the Holy Spirit at work in their hearts. It's our role to carry the Holy Spirit and to meet those people. Now, in the Bible, it says, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, declares the Lord. And I believe we can do nothing in our own strength. It's all through the Holy Spirit. It's only difficult when we think it's about ourselves. Now, remember, you don't necessarily need confidence in yourself, but you need confidence in Christ who lives in you. Now, I know it's scary talking about your faith. I mean, I'm often at the bus stop and I feel God kind of urging me to go meet someone or to say something. Most of the time, I'm kind of like, no. I make excuses and I'm sure you guys have done as well. But the thing that I've kind of come to realize is that if we want God to radically move in our lives, we need to actually move too. So the second definition I came across for an evangelist is someone who talks about something with great enthusiasm. Now I sat there and I was like, yeah, this is more like it. Because it shows that we can all be evangelists. Now, it may look as simple as just smiling at someone or giving someone a compliment. It can be as simple as that. I mean, in my life, this will look like When I'm walking the dog, I may pass someone and I may just wish them a nice day. And for me, that's what evangelism looks like. Now, for example, I think it's pretty fair to say I'm a quite positive person. And in school, the most common question I get asked is, why are you so happy? Or why are you always smiling? Or why are you always nice or kind or positive? And some of the times I just say, God... Because the thing is, it can be as simple as that, just smiling, and it will look different in every single person. Our roles is to shine the light that God gives us, to be generous and forgiving and graceful, and whatever other qualities God has blessed us with, we need to share with other people. Now, in John 13, verses 35, it says that everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Now, I know it sounds simple, but it has such a big effect. For example, the other day, earlier this week, I was coming home from school. I was very tired. Uh, So I decided to go into Starbucks to, you know, treat myself. 
Um, the person in front of me in the line actually let me go before them. And I was just like, I was blown away, guys. I was just like, thank you so much. But then she proceeded to pay for my drink. And look, I know this is small, but it was an act of generosity and it blew me away. In response, I just praised the Lord and it really made my day. But remember, like how it took Armstrong eight years to get to the mean, it may take us a while to perfect how we speak about our faith. So that's absolutely fine as long as we're actively trying. The fact remains that if we don't try, then we won't get there. So this week, I urge you all to be an evangelist, however that may look like to you. So God is inviting us all to be evangelists. And in the verse, it says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. This shows us how God wants and needs us all to go out for his kingdom. God wants to use all of us, like the 72, to go out, no matter what your background, no matter your lack of experience or your past mistakes, God wants to use you. And that means all of you, even those factors, which the devil tries to convince you are your downfalls, they're made into your strength. Now, at the start of this year, I was very overwhelmed with the stuff I needed to do and This basically resulted in me neglecting myself and neglecting my relationship with God. And I tell you guys, I felt so guilty. But during that time, I felt the Lord say that these weaknesses I felt made me human. And and me being human made me rely on God. So I implore you guys to remember that the next time you feel you're not good enough for God to use you, that actually God wants to use you no matter what. Because again, he is an inclusive God and not an exclusive one. However, it won't be easy. In verse three, it says, lambs among wolves. This shows us that we will face challenges. For example, in Daniel three, we hear the story of three men who refused to bow down to golden idols. They were thrown into a furnace. But during that time, they did not feel fear. I think I would be very frightened. But throughout that whole verse, they were saying how they were confident on God. And in return, an angel appeared in the fire with them. And even though it was zero chance of survival, they survived without even being hurt. Now, I think this is such an encouraging story. The other day, I was, um, I was walking in the park with my dog um, a few weeks ago, actually. And this song by Hillsongs came on, which was called When Calls the Fight. And the, song, and the song lyrics called I'll Walk in the Fire and Not Be Burnt came on and really stood out in my mind. And I was just like, wow. And the Lord spoke to me then saying, the next time you preach, whenever that would be, to talk about this story and blow me down, that very same evening, Lewis came up and asked me to preach. So, (laughs) yeah. But I just want to encourage you that their courage to stand up to the king meant that the whole kingdom saw God's power. 
In this analogy that Jesus uses of the lambs and the wolves, we would automatically assume that the lambs are vulnerable. But actually, in this story, we know that it's Jesus. And Jesus is the lamb who was slain. And therefore, we do not need to be afraid of the wolves of this world. (laughs) Because Jesus lives in us and his Holy Spirit is in us. We do not need to be afraid for we have the good shepherd on our side. Now, when I was praying to God about what he wants this sermon to be about, I just felt him saying for you guys to remember to not be scared, worried, or afraid about going out. I know it can be daunting, but the Lord's saying that he brings life and life to the fullest. He brings joy, and therefore we do not need to be afraid Now, joy is a decision and not a reaction to the circumstances. I love this phrase so much because it shows us that no matter what we go through in our lives, we still need to have that mindset that, you know what? The Lord is in control and he knows what he's doing. So remember this next time you feel discouraged, the next time you go to share your faith, but it isn't received as well. But I want to encourage you again that when you, may, when you think you're in this place of like disappointment and discouragement, it says in this verse that the that Lord is Lord of the harvest. This means that in those situations where you feel a seed you sown isn't growing, if you pray and ask the Lord of the harvest, it will grow. For where there is a Lord of the harvest, there are crops and there are breakthroughs. Now, another thing I felt God saying is that it only matters what God thinks of you. Now, this was very challenging for me because I am completely a people pleaser. But I think it's such a freeing thought. When you go into that place of vulnerability, when you go and share out your faith, it can often be very discouraging. But Ultimately, we need to remember that it isn't popularity that matters. It isn't your reputation, but it's that you're following God and what he's instructing you to do. Now, during this term, I started up a prayer group at my school. And there was like a small period of time where I was a bit panicking because a notice went round to every single person in school with my email attached to the prayer group. And I was like, great. But during that time of kind of panic, I really felt the Lord just remind me that, you know what, what is my reputation worth if I cannot use it for the glory of God? And I have to tell you guys, the first prayer group completely exceeded any of my expectations. So I just want to encourage you in that. Sharing your faith can be hard, but it is worth it. And my next point is that God will not send us alone. We have a community. Now, it says that Jesus sent them two by two. And in the Bible, we see Moses being sent out by God to go back to Egypt and to confront the Pharaoh, asking him to set his people free. But Moses was scared, obviously. But God knew this, and therefore he sent him with his brother Aaron. And they went on to have victory. I want to encourage you now that as God realized his needs, when he sends us out, he knows our needs too. 
He will send us out with people. I mean, that's why he created Adam and Eve, two people to go through life together. That's why he made Noah put two animals of each type into the ark. And that's why he will never lead you into something alone. But be careful. Because God does not give us companions to judge or to compare. When we get sent out, never compare yourself to how God is using you in contrast to how God is using someone else. Remember that God has an individual plan for you, accustomed to your strengths. And, your, and his plan for you will be beyond your wildest dreams. Now think of it like this. The analogy that Jesus uses is harvesting crops. Now I did a little bit of research into harvesting. And I was blown away about the different stages that go into harvesting. Okay, listen to this, right? You have to go through a stage of reaping, stacking, handling, threshing, winnowing, cleaning, hauling, and storing. Wow. Okay. (laughs) But imagine if a stacker, for example, decided that a handler was doing a more important job to him, and he quit. Now, no one else could do the job that he was assigned to do, because it was so accustomed with his skills. This would mean that the handler would have nothing to handle, and therefore the harvest would not be collected. The same goes for you in your life. So remember, do not compare yourself. For I believe that Jesus sends different people into different circumstances to do different jobs. Remember that God gives us people to share the journey with, not to compare, not to judge, not to push down, but to build up, encourage and support one another. So I challenge you this week to make a special effort to encourage people. Next up is the Holy Spirit. So God wants us to do this together as a community, but he also wants to do it, he also wants us to do it with him. Don't forget the simple yet transforming truth that the kingdom of God is near to you. Now this is said in a few verses after what we're looking at now. And it basically is saying how Jesus died on the cross and rose again because he has sent us the Holy Spirit to come and live and move in us. Therefore, I can say that God is dwelling in this very room. Because in this very room, there are people who are filled with the same Holy Spirit that Jesus is described as having in verse 21. See, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in you. And therefore, if you are feeling any fear about going and speaking out, that Holy Spirit will remove it if you ask him to, so that you can go on your mission of love in action. Often, we just need to take time to ask God to come and link arms with us during this mission, during this adventure. Now, I have my quiet time with God in our loft. Um, And I'm not really sure where you guys have yours, but I like to look out above all the houses and see the sunset. And I just dwell in God's presence right there. And at that same time, I can see the whole sky. It's like my 
ways are kind of aligning with God as he tells me promises and secrets and the plan for my life. But you all have to remember that we are no use if we just remain in that relationship with God where it's just us by ourselves. Like God calls us out. So we can't always spend time with just him and you. We actually need to go out for God instead of with God because he will always be there. But we need to remember that sometimes when I go out on the street, yes, it's still the same sky I see, but it's often blocked and hidden by buildings as if I can't see the whole path that I could when I could upstairs. And it's kind of like often when we're outside and we're living for Christ and we're actually doing stuff, we're going to have to remember all of those promises that Jesus told us up there because there will be obstacles down here and we may forget the Lord's promises for us. But I encourage you that often during that time, living for Christ, you will learn things which you couldn't have learned from staying up there. So remember, next time just step out, but also have a balance between your private time with God and going out for God. Because we cannot go out without God's strength. Remember, the 72 spent a long time walking with Jesus before they went out, learning his wisdom. And we need to do that too. We need to spend time to build up ourselves and to energize ourselves before we go out. Or else we won't be able to do that to the fullest that God wants us to. Anyway, so this whole series has been about love in action. We love God and we love people. And this is the ultimate act of love to share salvation with them. I mean, imagine where you would all be if you didn't know Christ. And this is why we are all called to serve his kingdom. So lastly, throughout the summer, let's all try to make an intentional effort to conquer fear, to spread the good news, however that may look like to us. And now full of faith, I declare that if we all try, our community can be transformed into a place where God is at the center. So remember, God has already put you in situations where he leads you to speak his will. Now we just have to take this giant leap to do it. For if we don't, it will be like Armstrong, as if he had made it to the moon but just didn't have the confidence to take that first step. Thank you. I will be leading on to Jerry to do communion. (laughs)